Hello, and welcome to You Just Got Homeschooled with RJ. Today I want to read you a couple of quotes and then discuss them a little bit because I think that they have a lot to, to tell us about the nature of education as a whole and uh, specifically how they apply to homeschooling a little bit. Now, one of my favorite historical figures is Teddy Roosevelt. Um, and that's partly because he, if you've ever re- read his story or heard his story, it's a very interesting one. Um, he was born to a wealthy family, and yet he chose repeatedly kind of to put himself in hard circumstances. And he seemingly did so partly just for the experience, not out of a a choice of rebellion, but kind of as a choice of I'm going, I I recognize the value in things that are hard. So as a kid, he wasn't very uh, physically well. He had a lot of trouble, especially asthma was the big one. But when he was a young man, he decided to go work on a, uh, basically like a cattle ranch in the West. And he did that for a long time. And he's, he, he claims that that cured his asthma. But he put himself in a position where he was riding long hours in lots of dust, around lots of pollen and other plants, you know, doing hard manual labor. And he saw the value of that. Uh, at one point, he was the undersecretary of the Navy. And the war with Spain broke out in Cuba. And so he left that position to form a military unit so that he could go fight on the front lines. And he did, right? There's a famous uh, picture or painting of him. It's called the Battle of San Juan Hill. And so I think that's what it's called anyways, something along those lines. And so, um, and, and he writes all about, all about this in his, his autobiography. And he also just, he made a lot of his fellow Republicans very upset in New York because he didn't play by what they thought were the rules. He cared less about party policy and more about making sure that the government ran efficiently and well. Um, they, they argued with him a lot and he would kind of make negotiations when he needed to. He was also a big fan of like a meritocracy. So he, when he was, I think he was a commissioner of like law enforcement of some, something like that, the police force. And while he was there, he instituted like a, a test and it was a two part test. There was like a basic written test that tested basic knowledge and things like that, math, writing, arithmetic, history, things like that. And you had to score a certain amount. And then there was a part where there was like a field experience part. And then he would go talk to the instructors. Do you think this person has what it takes? And if they did, then they were more likely to be hired on as a police officer than they didn't because he was looking for the, the kind of person rather than did you, you know, did you punch the right you know, parts on your card in order to get, get this job? And so he, he ruffled a lot of feathers um, as an individual. He was always a strain, like, for example, um, I, I listened to his autobiography. Um, if you go to, I think it's an app, it's called Free Audiobooks. And it's an app that I have on my phone, and I'm sure you can get it. And you can go find his autobiography. And it was really interesting because at one point he was an envoy or like an uh, ambassador to Britain. Or he was going over there for something. I forgot exactly what it was. But what struck me about this whole story was that he goes over there and he's filling this official role, right? There's all this pomp and circumstance because he's visiting Britain. And he's, he's excited about it because he'd only been to Britain, I think, once before as a kid. And... He talks about what he did, but he spends way more time and energy 
on the fact that finally he broke away from all the things he had to do, all this official job, right? That that this high this high position of authority and influence. He gets to break away from all of that and go listen to bird songs because he was a, a naturalist. He was a great hunter, but he's also a naturalist and he loved listening. And so he, he just like, talks about in his autobiography how he got to go listen to birds. I got to hear this bird sing. I got to see that bird. I got to do this thing. And you're just like, wait, aren't you that important person who should be, you know, shaking hands and smiling and chit-chatting with important people? And yet what you're most excited about is getting away. And um, in fact, the teddy bear came from him. If you, if you haven't heard that story, that's a good one too. Go find that one. And he's the one that's created a national park system. He was a great hunter. He loved hunting. And yet he was the one that set aside huge amounts of territory in order to preserve wildlife. And so I like him because he's just a dynamic personality. He practiced boxing and judo on the White, you know, White House lawn. He um, took Congress on like 10, mu- 10 plus mile hikes. You know, you would find him shirtless on the White House lawn doing like manual labor and stuff like that. And you're just like, really? You're the president of the United States. Like this doesn't make any sense. So I admire him because he's just the kind of person that I, I think is worthy of admiring at times, right? The, the kind of person who didn't allow other people to dictate to him um, and didn't really dictate to other people as much as he did like, this is how the world works and I'm going to put myself and I'm not going to ask anyone to do anything that I won't do which is why he left the undersecretary of the Navy position in order to go fight in a war. He's like, I just want to get into it because I'm not going to ask someone else to do it. So let me um, read this quote to you and then I want to talk about it shortly and then I have a secondary quote for you as well. So the first quote by Teddy Roosevelt is this, quote, to educate a man man in mind and not in morals is to educate a menace to society, end quote. Let me repeat it again because I think it's, it's worth repeating and then to think about it in the context of what we do with our children and how we educate them. Quote, to educate a man in mind and not in morals is to educate a menace to society. End quote. So let's think about that. Right? Think with me on this. In his estimation, at least, the morals are more important than the education. Because a, a man without morals may have knowledge, may have skill, may have ability, but won't have anything to guide them to make sure that they're done, that, that what he's doing is right. And I think we can look to many places in our society, right? Right now, um, this is July of 2019, and we've just come off of probably two years now, of a bunch of people who generally, five years ago, pop, you know, general person on the street would have thought were good people, right? They're good men who do good things, right? People like Bill Cosby, um, a lot of actors, right? And, and just in general, like we've had tons of stuff happen where people that we thought were generally good guys are being charged with all sorts of, and even convicted of, all sorts of, of horrible things. And it begs the question, like, well, why did we think they were good? But then also, what, a, you know, what about them? Like, what was the problem in their character that then allowed them or enabled them 
to do these things that we would consider morally reprehensible. And so it bears to keep in mind when we're, when we're educating our kids, where are we focusing? Like when I, I just finished today, like a couple hours ago, if that even, um, writing, or going through and pulling all of the graduation requirements for all 50 states and the District of Columbia. So I've been working on it for the last couple of weeks and I finally got them all and I got them all. And so I've looked at them all, seen what all the requirements are. And it's funny because a lot of them have content, right? They all have content to some degree or another. You have to do this many classes of this, or you have to show proficiency in that. You have to be able to read, write, do math, history, things like that. At no point is it, you know, developing compassion, understanding um, ethics and morality, right? In fact, we live in a world that morality is individualistic, unless your morality conflicts with mine, in which case you're a bigot, right? That's how it's often portrayed in our society. If you disagree with me, you're intolerant and probably a bigot. Um, and I'm not even going to listen to you. At least that's been my experience. You say one thing and even on you know, the, the, the media, you hear those type of things over and over again. And so, and yet we're not teaching that in schools and then we're wondering why we have people that are immoral, what we consider immoral. Well, what's wrong with cheating? Well, what's wrong with stealing? What's wrong with being deceptive? Well, it's wrong as long as, or it's wrong if you're doing it to me and it might be, more like uncomfortable if you do it to other people, but your morality isn't necessarily wrong if you can justify it in some way, right? Well, it's because they did this to me, or it's because society has is rigged against me, or it's because I've been discriminated against, or it's because, or it's because, or it's because, rather than you have a personal responsibility to be a, a moral person, right? And whatever you, that it comes from, it can, I mean, it can be a Christian background, it can be a Buddhist background, it can be a Hindu background, it can be a Muslim background, it can be an atheist background. It doesn't make a difference. And yet, that's how our, our students are educated, right? We're, we're working on, or we're talking about, how does English look? How does, you know, like, do they, do they know the right terms? Can they write the, you know, correct essay or math? Can they do the math problem? But we're not asking the question, is it wrong to steal? Why is it wrong to steal? You know, why is it wrong to treat someone inhumanely? It just, you shouldn't do that. And if you, you know, this, that, this, that, and the other thing, um, even disagreeing with me can be considered a moral failure depending on who's making the accusation or who you're disagreeing with. And so I think this, you know, this quote has a lot to teach us that oftentimes we have flipped the importance of knowledge and morality I'd rather have a moral person or a moral child than one who is academically gifted. Obviously, the best is to have both. But if you had to choose, would you rather have a good kid or have a, an, a wicked kid or an evil kid or a, or a lying, deceptive kid who's really, really smart? And so whether it's Wall Street, whether it's politicians, whether it's people in, you know, in the media, social media, or just regular media actors, you know, musicians, things like that, does really matter. Shouldn't the morality of a person, shouldn't their, I mean, right now, I literally, I think I've seen three articles in the last couple of days about Keanu Reeves and why he's so popular because of his kind of upstanding character, at least as it, as it appears right now. Things like he refuses to touch fans, just in general. Not out of a, you, you're disgusting, but more of a, out of a respect, especially female fans. You know, he, going out of his way to, to take care of people around him. 
you know, things like that. And so we look at them and go, oh, these guys are really good. But then these people who we hailed a couple of years ago or even a couple months ago are now like they're despicable and, and uh, we shouldn't listen to them and we shouldn't talk to them. And yet we just lift up someone else who we think we might, who might be moral, even though they're doing things uh, in the background. Sometimes we even know about them doing things in the background that are problematic or uh, immoral. Okay, the next quote I have is also from Teddy Roosevelt. And it's this, in any moment of decision, the best thing you can do is the right thing. The next best thing to do is the wrong thing. Sorry, I misquoted that. Let me restart. Quote, in any moment of decision, the best thing you can do is the right thing. The next best thing is the wrong thing. And the worst thing you can do is nothing. End quote. Let me repeat it again. Um, this uh, hopefully again correctly this time. Quote, in any moment of decision, the best thing you can do is the right thing. The next best thing is the wrong thing. And the worst thing you can do is nothing. End quote. This one's important to me. And why this one struck me is because so often we get stuck in kind of a perfectionistic, well, if I can't do it right, I shouldn't do it. And it just reminds me that it's okay to do things, even if they're not right, uh, not right in a moral sense, but right in like correctly, um, because it's better to do it and do it wrong than to not do it at all. Because I think sometimes we get stuck in indecision or a version of indecision. And it's funny because like I know this, as a parent, I know this. I know that my kid can't learn to walk unless they fall. I know that they won't learn to use dangerous items safely unless they try and, and they risk the danger, right? Yes, they could walk on a curb and fall off and it could be you know maybe a brick wall, a short brick wall and fall off, but I have to let them risk it if they're going to learn. And yet, as an adult, I often like, why well, don't I want to try that because I might fail? And I think this just reminds me that like, sometimes inaction is the worst thing we can do. We could say, oh, that sounds good, right? It sounds good that maybe I should try this thing that might be hard for me or for my student. But I'm not going to do anything. Instead, I'm going to leave them where they're at because I'm afraid that I might fail at it. It's like, well, obviously the best thing to do is the right thing. But sometimes we don't know what the right thing is. It's not clear to us. It's not clear to me. And that's why I think in education in particular, sometimes you just got to try. If you remember back to a few probably more than a few now, episodes ago, I talked about um, a student that I had that I was teaching math, that they gave her to me as a one-to-one, like I was her teacher. And what I found and what I learned there is that I would, on average, probably fail to teach the concept I was trying to teach any given day at least two or three times before I finally found a, a, a tack, right, a direction that she would understand. But it took that failure. I had to try something and fail and try something and fail. Um, when I was in college, I took Taekwondo as a martial arts. I had a choice of PE classes. I could either like get up in the morning and run, get up in the morning, lift weights, um, do swing dancing, or do Taekwondo. So I chose Taekwondo because it was in the evening, and it sounded like fun. I'd always wanted to do martial arts anyways. I remember getting smacked repeatedly for saying I can't. And it wasn't for saying I can't per se. It was for... Well, I guess it was for saying I can't, actually. It was exactly for saying I can't instead of saying I'm not able to yet. You know, they'd show us a kick. One of the older students or even the, you know, the teacher, the instructor, would do like a butterfly kick and I'd be like, you're insane. 
I'm never going to be able to do that. Get smacked, right? Like, no, you're not able to do that yet. But you'll get there. And I think oftentimes we look at something and go like, oh, I can't do that. Right? That's just not possible. I'm, that's, that's beyond me. And it's like, well, you don't know that. Maybe you need to take the wrong action, right? Try it. You may fail, but try again. And so, but I think inaction oftentimes paralyzes us or it guarantees failure, right? It's kind of that if you try and you fail, at least you tried. If you, tr- if you don't try, you always fail. And so whether it's, do I pull my kids out of public school? Do I pull my kids out of the private school and try homeschooling? Well, maybe. Maybe that's the right choice. Maybe that's not the right choice. Maybe you try it for six months and you realize this is not a good idea. Um, maybe it doesn't work for your family. Maybe it doesn't work for your schedule. Maybe it doesn't work for your income. It doesn't really make a difference what it is. Maybe you can't figure it out. Maybe they can't figure it out. Maybe they don't work well in that. Maybe your kid you know, thinks they want to do one thing and then halfway through high school, they're like, wait a second. I thought I really liked this and I don't anymore. I lost my passion for it. Um, even in, inside of the, the, the day-to-day education process, I tried planning this and it failed. At least you tried, right? At least you put forth an effort. And yes, it failed, but now you can learn and get back up. Um, there's another quote that is really influential. It's something that Brene Brown um, has keyed in on uh, that is also really influential, but we don't have time to go into that right now. But I think it's important to understand that this applies kind of across the board, no matter what field you're talking about. That doesn't mean you should try anything because obviously some things are not good for you, right? They're not good for you as an individual. They're not good for us as a society. They're not good in some way, shape, or form. But there are times where we look at something and we say, I can't, or I won't, or I don't think I'll be able to, or we just sit in indecision because we're not sure. And this just reminds me, and hopefully it's encouragement to you, that sometimes it's better to try and fail than to not try at all. And so just rem- remember that in, in everyday life, right? Maybe you need to try to exercise a little bit more. Maybe you need to try to spend a little bit more time in a book. Maybe you need to try to have that conversation with your kid. Or even trying to, you know, take the opportunity to homeschool your kid when they're not expecting it, right? When you're in the grocery store, when you're driving, when something pops up on the news or on the radio, and you're not sure how to start the conversation, and not even sure where it's going to go, you know, just take a shot. What'd you think about what the news was saying today? You know, how do you think this happened? You know, what, how do you think that that tractor impacts us, right? That we just drove by on the street or on the road, right? You saw it out in the field. What does it do? How is it important? Could it be important? Is it just a waste of time? You know, where does this come from? What do you think about this? Do you think that that's pretty? That's beautiful? Why? Why not? Right? Those are all ways to engage your kid and, and hopefully get a conversation going that'll have some education. Like you can, you can turn, right? You can pivot it slowly. It's kind of like hurting. You can hurt it in an educational director, direction. So I encourage you, keep trying, right? Keep going. Um, keep falling down. Keep getting back up. It's always important. And I know for me, it's, it, I'm speaking... Hopefully I'm preaching to the choir here um, because I'm there too. I have to remind myself pretty much daily, like, no, it's worth the effort to try again, to try something new, to do something different. In fact, today I probably set up two or three things that I'm hoping that if I can keep with them will, will make my life better 
in the long term. And I know that there's going to be failures in the short term. Just because I'm human and that's what we do. But what makes us different from so many other things in the world and so much of, uh, you know, so much of the rest of life or the rest of the living things on the planet is our ability and our will to push through things that we don't like, that are uncomfortable, and to eventually find, hopefully, um, success right through determination, through making new habits and things like that. So I hope you found this enjoyable. If you did, you know, please like, subscribe, click the buttons, write reviews, tell a friend, um, and follow us on Instagram. It's homeschooled podcast. And I think that is all. Have a great day.